0: You know, baptism is a really important step in a a person's journey of faith. Jesus says if you have believed, then you need to be baptised. Sharing their story is not an essential part of baptism, but we love hearing people's stories here at Life Central Church, and it is a real bonus to hear those stories, and you know, um, Two people last weekend at our uh, Rowley church. We had one church in three locations. So last week at Raleigh, there were two people baptized uh, at the first service. There was one person baptized, um, and then at the uh, this afternoon, there's going to be two people baptized. Which means across our locations, we're baptizing 14 people um, over the last week, which is just fantastic and something to celebrate. You can applaud that if you want. Great. So we're going to hear our first story of the service. So why don't you put your hands together and welcome Mick Fellows to the stage. Put your hands together for Mick. Hi,
1: my name is Mick. As a child, I attended Sunday school on a regular basis. But as an adult, only christenings, weddings and funerals. My journey began three years ago. So what made me accept the Lord? Yes, my prayers were answered when wolves made it to the premiership. (laughs) But that wasn't it. It was an incident that happened about 18 months ago. I don't drive, my wife does. So things could have been worse if I had been. Throughout the year, She had several punctures a few days before traveling on the motorway. This particular time, a puncture and a ball joint replaced on the front driver's side. Repairs were done. We set off early with the grandchildren to Weston, with the intention of having breakfast when we arrived. A few minutes into the journey, traveling seventy miles per hour in the middle lane, a blowout. Front tyre, driver's side. There was an artic lorry and a car in the near side lane. My wife can't remember how she got to the hard shoulder. Tyre changed, we arrived safely in Weston. The bad news, we'd missed breakfast. <laughs> on our return, we went to church on Sunday evening. It was a guest speaker. The caption on the screen, once more now. He told a similar story about a journey he had, had and related it to some verses from the Bible. I was amazed at what I had just listened to. This made me realize it was a metaphor for me and I accept the Lord into my heart. Last year my wife, son, and grandson were baptised. Here at Life Central, I've done Alpha and Starting Out, which has helped me understand more about God, His peace and comfort in tough times. I've also joined a connect group. Everyone has made me welcome here and feel like a huge family. As the walls manager Nuno says... We are stronger in a pack, and I want to be part of God's pack, and that's why I'm being baptised today.
0: Fantastic. I bet you were praying last week. I hope your faith hasn't been shaken by the semi-final last week, mate. <laughs> it has been shaken. I'm pleased you're still getting baptised, mate. Um, Brilliant. We are going to welcome our next person up to stage who's going to be baptised. So why don't we welcome Jess, who's going to be accompanied by one of our youth team, Alicia. Great. Now Jess has asked me um, to read her story with us, but this is Jess, everyone. Um, In August time last year, I went to Soul Survivor. I was so excited I went to main meetings and worshipped God, which I didn't know anything about. I never believed in God. In one of the meetings, Laura Hancock spoke about shame, and near the end, she so, uh, said, Stand up if you are full of shame. And I was really scared, but I stood up, and I wasn't standing alone. People in my youth group stood around me and prayed. I sat back on the floor, and for the first time, I felt freedom and started believing. After a few months, I moved church groups and came here to Life Central. I first joined the hub on a Friday night, and Ellie asked me to come to cruise on a Wednesday. That's where I met Becky, and she asked me to come to church on a Sunday. Everyone was so nice to me. One week, I was with two leaders, Sophie and Tom, and they prayed for healing on my arm and hand. When Sophie moved their hand, I watched some scars disappear. I I told Sophie I was mostly in shock the next day. It was gone, and I am so thankful. Also, I've wanted to be baptised for a while, but backed out of it because of fear. And on the youth weekender, Alicia helped me and told me a story. And since then, I've always said, fear is not my leader. But then I told Sophie, I don't have the courage to speak in front of people. And she said, the enemy came to steal your courage and replaced it with fear. So now you've got to take it back. And since then, I've I've been fighting the enemy to get it back. I've been to the point that I've had to type notes on my phone to leaders or take a notebook to school to talk to teachers because of fear. But I feel like God is telling me to use my voice because nothing is gonna, bad is going to happen. It's like I need to get the words out no matter what. So I'm going to follow. I'm going to listen. And what God is saying, I'm going to listen to what God is saying, and that's what I'll do. I want to get baptized now because I want to leave my past life behind and start fresh. Be more positive towards myself and live for God. Thank you for listening. Amazing. So good to see hear what people what God is doing in people's lives. We're gonna welcome our next person who's gonna share this story. He is dressed up for the occasion. Welcome Kieran Winter to the stage, please.
2: Hello. <laughs> um, I want to start my testimony with a Bible quote. See, I am doing new things. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Before I started coming to church, I used to get in quite a lot of trouble outside and inside of school. I used to get into loads of fights, stuff like that, get into detention and to teachers back and to my parents back. And at the same time, my dad also encouraged me to go church. But I didn't go because the group of people I was hanging around with I thought I'd get the mick taken out of me. And then I met my girlfriend last April. And her and her family invited me to come church. And to be honest, the only reason why I went was just to get in their good books. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, as a few... Uh, <laughs> As a few months passed, um, my girlfriend Ellie encouraged me to come to a Christian, Christian festival called uh, Limitless, and that's where I had my first encounter with God. Um, all I remember is, on the Thursday, I felt like I was on a rocky ship. I was just swaying, and I felt a bit ill. But um, I didn't. I didn't tell anybody about this because I just thought it was my own imagination. And then God reinforced that because later on that night, my friend George came up to me and said, I felt like God told me to remind you of the story when Jesus was on the rocky, rocky boat and he calms the storm. And this scared me because I didn't tell anybody. And I was just a bit creepy. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, and that's what reinforced it for me. And ever since that, um, I've committed myself to God. My life has changed. I have great friends around me, George and Elliot, who always support me in every decision that I make. Uh, I have great people around me. God has done new things in me. Instead of, fe- instead of freedom, oh, my bad. Instead, <laughs> instead of fear, I have freedom. Instead of weakness, I have strength in my Lord. Where I walked in the dark, I now shine in the light of Christ. Where I had hate, I now had love. God has changed me in so many ways. He's my light in the darkness, my way maker, my miracle worker. He's my saviour, and that's why I'm getting baptised. And I want to finish my testimony with a prayer. Lord, I want to thank you for the miracles you have performed in my life. Lord, I want to thank you for helping me when I fall down. Lord, you have saved me in so many ways. Even when I take you for granted, you are there. My Lord, thank you.
0: Amazing. Well done Kieran and what's great is the next person that we are going to welcome is Kieran's girlfriend Ellie Ellsmore so put your hands together for Ellie
3: Hi my name's Ellie up until around three years ago as an atheist I didn't believe in God growing up I'd heard about God but only vaguely my mum has been Christian her whole life, whereas my dad, on the other hand, was like me, didn't believe. Me and my dad used to laugh and make jokes whenever my mum would talk about God. I thought she was crazy. <laughs> I had so many questions no one could seem to answer. One day, a neighbour came around our house, who at the time attended Life Central. He got onto the topic of God and started to become more inquisitive. He, my dad then got a lot of answers. He then joined Alpha. After that, my dad started to believe too, alongside my mum. My mind wasn't changed, though. I still thought they were both crazy. My parents started to force me to go to church. They would turn worship songs on in the car and I'd hate it. I'd moan and switch to capital. <laughs> I felt embarrassed about telling my friends that I'd go to church. I felt so uncomfortable being there. I'd look around and see everyone singing, putting their hands up. I thought they were mad. I'd refuse to sing along. I felt so miserable going to church and it would cause arguments in the house every Sunday. And I never used to get involved in the youth at all. Due to me always moaning, my parents stopped forcing me to go and said I can make my own decision. I was over the moon knowing I didn't have to come to church. However, due to my parents informing me and reminding me about God all the time, I started to believe there was a God. But I didn't want to believe as I'd always see myself as a non-believer. Then February 2018, I got invited to the weekend away. I had an amazing time and I experienced the Holy Spirit. I was so confused at first, I didn't understand what was taking over my body, although I felt at peace. I'd made amazing new friends and ever since then I've come to church every week. My walk walk with Jesus has become stronger. I then went to Limitless Festival in August 2018 and God did amazing things that week. Again I encountered the Holy Spirit and I'd never been more happy coming to church. I was so grateful for everyone around me and all the youth that have supported me along the way. The leaders have played a great role to play as they've made me feel welcome ever since... I no longer feel embarrassed to tell anyone about Jesus. I now turn the worship songs on in the car and I worship in my room every day. Whenever my parents can't come to church, I always find a way to get myself there. It just shows how amazing God is that I can call myself an atheist three years ago and now I'm fully committed to God. I can't can't wait to see what future plans God has for me.
0: Amazing. So good, and God's not just interested in us, he's interested in our families. We had two stories there of people who one person in their family has, has encountered God and then the next person and the next person and the next person. We want to see every generation come to know Jesus in this church. We are going to welcome our next person. This is Gwennon Williams. So Gwennon, why don't you make your way to the stage and let's give her a round of applause.
4: There's so many people. <laughs> okay. Um, I became a Christian at around seven or eight years old in a kids' club at Spring Harvest. I grew up hearing about God in Sunday school and was fascinated with the stories of Esther, David, and Daniel, but realized they weren't just stories, they were true. And God had done amazing things in these people's lives. I wanted God to do amazing things in my life too and use me like He used Esther and so many more to do great things. So I decided to go forward. We were given booklets with prayers in them. I went home and prayed the prayer and was filled with so much excitement and joy that I was now a Christian. In the following years, I expected life to be easy and for nothing to go wrong because I was now a Christian. Instead, I found it even more difficult and struggled with my identity a lot. I wanted to fit in at high school and wanted everyone to like me. So anytime someone would ask me if I was a Christian, I would quickly say no and walk away. I was badly bullied in high school and at the age of 17 became severely depressed because of this. I didn't want to leave the house, I didn't want to go to church, and became really angry with God. I started asking questions like, How could God let me feel like this? And I even remember begging God and crying out to Him to end my life because I didn't want to be here anymore. I felt completely alone, without hope in anything, and felt completely worthless. Even though I was angry with God, he was still working in my life and never left me, even in my darkest times. In a time I never thought I would be happy again, God was compassionate and showed me he will never put you through anything that you can't handle. Through this time, the word hope kept coming up everywhere, as if God was trying to remind me that I could put my hope in him. Since then, God has helped me through the bad days by reminding me of the verse in Philippians four thirteen: I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. At the age of 18, I was diagnosed with manic depression and still get bad days, but now I can turn to God and ask him for help, knowing he will help me. I also remember, how can any of us possibly be worthless or unlovable when God sent his only son to die on the cross for us? This is what I put my hope in, and this is why I'm still here. God's not done with me yet, and he's not done with you all either.
0: Fantastic. We're going to welcome Faith Bradshaw to the stage. So why don't you put your hands together for Faith?
5: Hi, my name is Faith. I've been coming to this church for my whole life. I've grown up in a Christian family and come to church every week. Growing up, I enjoyed seeing my friends at church, but I never saw any true purpose in coming. I never wanted to tell any of my friends at school that I came to church, and so I just kept it hidden. At the age of 12, I went to Soul Survivor Festival and saw so many people experiencing the Holy Spirit, but no matter how much I prayed, I never felt anything. I left Soul Survivor feeling like it was never going to happen for me. I turned away from God and tried to avoid church services as much as possible. I began getting into trouble a lot more often in the youth until after a while I realised something had to change. Two and a half years ago my family started fostering three children and after some time I began to see them as my siblings. I struggled with the thought of them leaving and wanted God to work it out straight away but doubted him as time went on. Eventually, when my parents told me we were going to try to adopt them, I began to trust him more. I am still learning to trust God in difficult situations, but I know it will all work out for the best. At Limitless Festival, somebody was praying for me, and I just felt an overwhelming sense of love and belonging. It completely changed my mindset and how I saw everything. I went back to school and felt more confident to tell my friends about my faith. I began to surround myself with different people. It impacted my relationship with God and I was really wanting to have what I could see others have. I'm so thankful for all of the youth team standing by me in tough times and I now know that I have a supportive church family that will fight for me and not against me. I am on a journey with God and I'm excited for the plans he has for my life.
0: Amazing. It's such a privilege for me as uh, one of the youth team to be able to stand here and hear so many young people talk about why they're following Jesus. I absolutely love it. Our next person is Hannah Newton. So Hannah, why don't you come to stage and let's give her a round of applause.
6: I grew up in a Christian family and this means that from a very small age, Jesus has played a huge role in my life which means that actually, during certain periods of time, believing in Jesus and going to church just became routine for me, and it was something that I had to do every Sunday instead of me having a real relationship with him. Looking back, though, I can see how God was so present in my life, even during the times when I really wasn't interested in him. I honestly don't know how people can survive without knowing that there's a loving, comforting God behind them. He's helped me through so much, with the stress of school, during times when I felt alone. He was there when I lost people close to me, but he was also the one who led me to finding them again. I'm so thankful for God for everything that he's done and in the past year, I've got much closer to him. I've discovered more about him and really felt his presence. I'm getting baptized today because I love God. I know that he loves me and I wanna get close to him
0: every day of my life. So, so good. Why don't we keep that applause going and welcome Nathan Moten to the stage. Come on, Nathan.
3: Hello, I'm Nathan. I've been coming to Life Centre for the whole of my life. I've grown up in this church from the Ark to where I am now. From Excel to Limitless Festival, I've been able to go to many places which have helped me on my journey with God. Over the past four years, as being part of Life Central Youth, I've truly encountered God on multiple occasions and seen incredible things happen. It was eight years ago when I first decided to give my life to Jesus, when I prayed with my family and now I'm here to, te- to make the next step. In DZ, I learned all the miracles of God in the Bible stories, but only recently that my eyes have been open to who God really is and how big his love is for me. Over the past few months, I've been challenged to read my Bible more and through this, seeing how amazing God is. I'm here today because I want to publicly show my faith in God. Thank you to all friends, family and youth leaders who have helped me on this
0: journey Amazing you. You will have heard care and themes there throughout a lot of the young people. That time I went away, that time we went to this festival and that festival. Parents, get your kids booked into festivals when we take them away. Not because we need to break even, but because your kids need to meet Jesus. We need to break even as well. But we would love you to book on. We're going to Limitless Festival again this summer and bookings are open to get booked on. We have got one more person um, that we are going to hear for, from. So why don't you put your hands together and welcome Karen Bridgewater to the stage.
7: Right. Good morning, everybody. I'll start with the old cliche. I have been a Christian all my life. Dot dot dot. I was fortunate to be brought up in a Christian family, and when I married Paul and Adrian, Ryan, we based our lives on the Christian values that we'd been taught. As in all lives, being a full-time Christian was not something that came easily. But you carry on regardless. But with every setback, a part of my faith diminished until it was in shreds. In 2001. A devastating, life-changing situation knocked us as a family. My faith plummeted to an all-time low. Where was this God who was supposed to love me and care for me? Why did he let this situation happen? I did not need him, and I would be better off without him in my life, or so I thought. My connection with any church was minimal, but Paul's faith rocketed, which I found frustrating, as I could not understand how he could not see that we had been let down by God. I thought life was better without God. He could not hurt me anymore. Who needs him in their life? On Sundays, I was doing what I wanted to do without having any commitments. Who needed church? Who needed God? Little did I know that during this awful period of our lives, there was Christian friends praying and supporting me. They never gave up on me. A few years later, life settled down and the mention of God and church was not the taboo subject it had become. Ryan was actively involved in the youth here at Life Central and his Christianity was growing. The mention of God started little seeds growing again. I started going to church events to support Ryan and further seeds were planted. I attended church again and conversations about God, faith and Christianity took place and a different perspective was on the horizon. I began to look at the Christian values I'd been taught and reflected on how life had dramatically changed and how I'd managed to get through the turbulence. Was it on my own or was I carried? The uh, the Christmas production in 2007 uh, resonated with me and triggered thoughts in my head. I felt that as the New Alpha course was beginning in January, it may be just what I needed and the questions I had may be answered. I was fortunate to have the support from Bernard and Pauline They did not get fazed by any of the awkward questions I posed. It became apparent to me that perhaps I had not been deserted. I had been carried and I did have some faith but could not see it. I talked to Paul and Ryan about my feelings about God and the church and Christianity and by opening up and looking at life in a different way, I saw that God had never left me. I had left him. Through the tough times he had supported me with the love and support of family, friends and fellow Christians, I had been given the strength to get through any situation, life, not God, threw at me. I recommitted my life to God and decided to get baptised. In August last year, my life was devastated again by Paul suddenly passing away, the worst blow I had ever encompassed in my life. However, it was different this time As I knew that I would not be facing this on my own, I had a heavenly father I believed in that would support me. Paul had a strong faith and knew where he was going. And the last thing he said before wheeled into the operating room to the surgeon was, I want to wake up and live my life. But if I don't, I know where I'm going. Through my sorrow, this has given me comfort. And I'm able to stand here today and say, I know I have a Heavenly Father who loves me, and I know where I am going. Hopefully not yet, I have a new life to leave. But being baptised, I'm making a personal commitment to God and giving him my future life to map out. I grieve for my husband and miss him immensely, but I have an inner peace and strength that comforts me on the dark days, but gives me focus for the future. I have only got to this stage by the love and support I have received from my Christian family, And for this, I am extremely grateful. In my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am.
8: Guys, I don't know about you, but wasn't that amazing? Why don't we put our hands together again and thank everybody that shared their story. And listen, if you are a part of this church and you've been part of this church for a while, this is why we do what we do. This is why we give. This is why we show up week in, week out. This is why we, we think and we strategize and we, we, we wrestle with one another and we think about worship style and sounds and, and events and how are we connecting with people. This is why we do what we do. And anything... Anything and everything is worth it if more and more people get to say what they got to say today. And you know, our prayer, and we prayed this morning in a a circle that we do every week. uh, Before you guys all get to show up, we're at the back and we pray in a circle. And we prayed that in this week, during this week of Easter, that people would come. And maybe people will get dragged along by somebody or they will get forced by their parents or whatever as you heard. But maybe in a few months time those people will be up here telling those kind of stories this is why we do what we do guys and I want to thank you for journeying with us as a church and for all that you do many of you in this room you serve week in week out that's why you do it you are part of all of this incredible stuff that we're going to celebrate today and I don't know about you but I think it's worth it don't you Absolutely worth it, and you know, in a, in, a, in a few minutes, we're gonna open up the jacuzzi, as Andy likes to call it, the baptistry here, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna baptize Michael. and 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 Mike, I want to say, well done, mate. Well done, mate. Incredible courage, incredible courage. All of the people that are taking part this morning, and then at the second service, we'll be baptizing a, a lot more people as well. But why why are Christians what, and, and Michael said he's been to many baptism services in the last two years. Why are we always dunking people in water? Uh, What is all that about? You know, Jesus was only on the earth um, uh, in in physical form for 33 years. And there was only three of those years when he was public. And um, he began that public period by getting baptised. He finished that public period by telling his disciples, his followers, to go into all the world and to do the same thing. So that baptism bookended that three years of Jesus' kind of public ministry. What does baptism mean? If you went back in time 2,000 years ago to the days of Jesus, you'd hear a Greek word that was used in everyday language to describe a variety of situations. The the, the word was the word baptizo, which has literally been pulled across into the English language as baptism. And baptizo literally means to immerse, dip or dunk. Back in the day, it was used to describe ships that sunk in the sea or cloth dyed in a certain colour. One ancient Jewish historian even described a man that was murdered by baptism; he was drowned. We're not going to do that today, all right? Those of you that are getting baptized, so the word "baptizo" was an everyday word. It was like submerged in water. Oh, so, so, you, so, so a ship was baptized, and uh, your you kind of pottery and uh, crockery was baptized in water. That's literally what it meant. There was no religious significance whatsoever. Kids were playing in a river and they would baptize one another in the river. That's what it meant. And then one day, this guy called John appeared on the scene and he began baptizing people. But this was different. John said that baptism is not just an everyday occurrence; it's an outward sign of an inward change. And what you're going to witness this morning uh, is some somebody, and at the, at the second service, lots more who, who are outwardly um, showing that something has happened on the inside. And in fact, this guy John became so identified with the new meaning of this word that they called him John the Baptizer, or as we would call him, John the Baptist. He did something in a religious setting that had never been done before. He baptised people who wanted to turn from their old way of life and follow God. Why is it so important? I was brought up in a Christian tradition that didn't practice water baptism as well. So I I got baptized uh, later when I came into, uh, into a church like ours. But you see, baptism is so important because you're buried beneath the water and then you're lifted up out of the water. And that's symbolic of what Jesus has done in our lives and what's happened when we come to put our faith and our trust in God. Paul, the Apostle Paul says in Romans 6 verse 4, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. We live new lives. So we were buried with Christ. That's the going into the water. And then as Christ was raised, and we'll celebrate that next Sunday, so we are raised to live a new life. Who should be baptised? In the New Testament, without exception, the only kind of baptism that was practised was what we would call believers' baptism. We don't baptise babies at this church, we dedicate them to God and we pray for their parents but we only baptise believers at whatever age that is when they make that decision for themselves that they want to put their faith and trust in Jesus. And, and you know for us here, baptism is always connected to belief. Now let me say a few things, baptism is not about perfection, it's about belief. So, if you know any of the people who have been baptized, don't think for one minute that as they come out of the water, suddenly they are going to be perfect. They're not. This is not about perfection. That doesn't exist anyway. This is about belief. Baptism is not about knowledge, it's not about understanding everything about God or the Christian faith. This is about belief. Baptism is not about having every question answered and never having a doubt. I have doubts. I have questions. Baptism is not about understanding everything. Baptism is simply about belief. So what about belief in you? What, what did you believe in when you were a kid? Anyone believe in Santa? Tooth fairy? Bogeyman? Leprechauns? Villa winning the Premier League? Or wolves? We've heard a bit about that. You know, there's some funny things children believed in. Uh, I, I read these things uh, just, just yesterday. Uh, these are the kids' things. Someone, some, I believe that if I played with my belly button, I would pop open. I thought we were sewn together. This is one that some of you teachers will identify with. I believe, this kid said, that all teachers lived at school. I thought they slept in the classrooms and never went to the bathroom ever. Maybe some of you teachers believe that. Someone said this. I believe that instead of an Easter bunny, there was an Easter pig. I went to school and told my class, I will never forgive my dad for telling me that. <laughs> but you know, when you grow up, you're wise up, don't you? When you grow up, you stop believing those things that you believed in when you are a kid. Now you're smarter. Now you're streetwise. Now you're cynical. I think inside kids, there is a, an innate sense of God. And I think what happens is that as we grow older, we quieten that voice and then we say oh that voice was childish or that voice was that that didn't belong to them and we shut down that sense of belief in something and someone other than our experience you know, and I, I, the amount of times that people have said to me, have asked me, why do you believe in God? People have asked me in schools, and, and people have asked me in colleges, and I've been asked this in prisons, uh, um, not as an inmate, but as a visitor. And people have asked me in all kinds. My favorite is on airplanes. I often get into conversations on airplanes um, with people, and uh, I get all kinds of interesting things. I was sat on this airplane once with this woman, and uh, she was English, and we were coming back from Africa. I was coming back from Africa. I was on my own, and we were talking. She was a geologist. She was fascinating. We talked for an hour and a half and it was all fascinating and we we were getting on well. And then she said, and what do you do for a living? Oh, no. (laughs) Because at that question, when you're on an aeroplane and you're getting on well, usually or often, if I say what I do, then that's the end of the conversation and it's awkward. And I said, well, why don't you guess what I do for a living? And she looked at me and she said, are you a porn director? Seriously? Seriously? seriously I don't know what I said and then she laughed and then she laughed so she was joking and I was relieved and I said no I'm really not that and I told her what I did but then on another plane oh I had this fascinating conversation and Alison we'd been on holiday Alison was here I was here a woman was here and and we just as we took off uh, and we were talking we ended up talking and we talked all the flight home Alison fell asleep And this woman eventually told me about how her family had gone through a difficult situation, how she couldn't forgive a member of her family. And we talked about the power of forgiveness and all of that. And it's fascinating when people ask you why you believe what you believe. And you're hearing this morning and you've heard some stories of why people believe what they believe. But I want to tell you this morning um, that belief is incredibly important. And, you know, some people take time to look, look into and think about the, fact, about the question, is there a God? Some people never even think about it. And I really credit those people this morning that have said, you know, I didn't believe, I didn't used to believe, but something happened and I, and I investigated. Or, and you heard, you've heard the word Alpha this morning. Alpha is, a, is, is an eight-week experience that we run here at the church and, and there's food involved and there's discussion involved and we have loads of people that come through Alpha. Many of them would say they're atheists at the start, but at least they're checking it out. At least they're checking it out. And we have an Alpha starting on Thursday, May the 2nd. It's not here in this building. It's in a pub uh, on the High Street in Hagley. And we we would love to see some of you there. If you're not yet a Christian and you're saying, hey, I don't even know whether God exists. Why don't you give it eight weeks of your life just to check it out? Just to check it out. There's an incredible verse in the book of John chapter 4. There's a story where Jesus connects with this woman and um, they have this conversation and the woman begins to then believe in Jesus as the son of God. She goes and tells the rest of the community about it. And it says in John 4 verse 42, They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. What you're going to experience and witness this morning is, is people, and you've heard it, people who didn't believe, have heard other people talk about it, but now believe for themselves. And before we get into that, I want to ask you, and I don't know everybody here this morning, do you believe for yourself? Have you come to the point where you could put your faith and your trust in Jesus? I want to tell you very quickly three reasons why I believe in Jesus, why I believe in God. Firstly, I believe in God because of what I see, what I see when I look around. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I find um, just, just humanity fascinating. I find, I find uh, just, just nature and, uh, and looking at some of that stuff fascinating. Do you know that the human eye can see 40 miles away, can see a great mountain, then it can refocus on a grain of sand on your finger? It's just fascinating to me. You know, 100 million light cells in the eye all work together to give us vision. Is that as a, a result of intelligent design or is that just an accident? What about mountains and rivers and oceans and valleys and forests? What about nature? A hummingbird, you know, can fly forward, backwards, side to side and upside down. It flaps its wings a hundred times a second. Its heart beats twelve hundred times a minute. And some males only need three seconds to mate. Some of you are thinking about that last piece of fact there right there, aren't you? Did all this happen by chance? I don't think so. Charles Darwin himself. Often, often people look at Charles Darwin as the kind of "ooh, you know," to Christianity. Charles Darwin said, "To suppose that the human eye, with so many parts all working together, could have been formed by natural selection, seems, I freely confess, absurd in the highest degree." When you look around, you know, is it possible that there that there is all this incredible design? Without a designer. We look at a building and there's an architect. We look at a painting and there's a painter. We look at a sculpture and there's a sculptor. We listen to a piece of music and there is a composer. A friend of mine was on a TV debate many years ago. Some of you heard this. And and he was on a TV debate with some atheists. uh, And the atheist looked at him as a Christian and said, You're telling me, you're telling us that something created something out of nothing. That's absurd. This guy looked at him and says, and you're telling me that nothing created something out of nothing. That seems even more absurd. Maybe it takes more faith to believe that. What about all the wars that religion has caused? There's a fair point there. There really is. But I want you to know, it isn't faith that's caused those. It's people. It's people. And in the last few weeks, I've been to some parts of the world, which I'm just blown away by the privilege. A a few weeks ago, I was in Cambodia at the Killing Fields where a sixth of the country was wiped out by the Khmer Rouge. I was in Vietnam where millions of people have been killed. Then last week we were on holiday in Estonia. We went to some KGB, uh, because I'm a romantic, we went to some KGB cells. I know how to treat my wife. 30 years of marriage, we'll take you to the KGB cells. And we saw what Stalin did in that for decades. And and, you know, these, these worldviews, All took God out of the culture. More people died under their regimes than in any of the religious wars put together. And we forget that. When you take God out or you try to take God out, you take out all restraint. You take out all conscience. You take out all hope of goodness and light. And life when I what I see causes me to want to believe in God, but also what I read causes me to put my faith in God. I look at the Bible, still the world 's best selling book, more historical evidence for the existence of Jesus than for Julius Caesar coming to Britain. The Bible stacks up historically archaeologically but but what about science? I hear some of you say, surely that disproves the existence of God. You know some of the world 's greatest scientists have also come to believe in God. Copernicus, Galileo, Isaac Newton, James Simpson who paved the way for anesthetics was asked, what do you think is the most important discovery of your life? He said, the day I discovered Jesus Christ. It's incredible. Today in the USA, 40% of biologists, physicists and mathematicians believe in a God who intervenes in human life. Einstein said, a legitimate conflict between science and religion cannot exist. Science without religion is lame and religion without science is blind. We need both. I want to say to you this morning, and, and, and if you're a believer this morning, hopefully this will strengthen you. If you're not, I hope it helps you to think I have come to believe in Jesus because of what I see, because of what I read, but ultimately because of who I've met, because of who I've met. And that person is Jesus. I was like some of the guys that have said this. I was brought up in a Christian home and my parents, my father passed away nearly 10 years ago now, but, but they loved God and they loved us and they loved each other. We had a great home and, you know, and I grew up in, Christ, in, in a church, going to church. I knew a lot of the stories. I knew all of that, but it wasn't real for me. And sometimes, you know, you listen to other people's stories, and I was a little envious, you know, that, that person that, you know, that, that, they, they, they were a drug addict, and they were an alcoholic, and this happened, and that happened, and then at the age of six, they met Jesus, and do you know what I mean, all this kind of dramatic stuff, and it wasn't like that for me, I went to church, and, and it just, but you know, at 15, I knew I didn't know God. I knew about him, but I knew I didn't know him. And then, and then I started to drift away and disconnect and almost said to, said, said to God, God, if you're there, like you, you, you're going to have to be real because I'm not going to keep doing this thing if you're not real. Then one night I, I, I was at the church and, and I dropped out of things and I was backing away and, and this old guy came and spoke. His name was Ivor, big white hair, and he would have passed on years and years ago now. But, but he spoke and I don't know what he said, but I knew he believed it. And there was something from him and I gave my life to Jesus that night. And since then, my relationship with Jesus is growing and growing. And, and I don't know everything about it, but I know him. That's why I believe. What I see, what I read, but ultimately who I know. And I don't know about you, but I, and some of you will know this, but I've experienced unconditional love in Jesus, haven't you? And I've experienced relentless grace. And grace is that I don't deserve it, but God keeps giving it anyway. And I've also discovered a solid hope. And I've also discovered a supernatural power to help me do what I can't do on my own. To forgive that person that's hurt me. To make sense of that situation that doesn't make sense. That can only come from a relationship with Jesus. And guys, you can know this Jesus too. I want to invite the band to come back up. You can know him. And maybe you're here this morning because you've come to to watch someone get baptised. Or maybe you're here because you you just come in and and I don't know where you're all at. But you can know him today. And it's great that we celebrate other people's stories. But what about your story? What about your story? And it may be that you've been in church a long time and you've been coming to church a long time. And you know about him. But do you know him? Do you know him? And I want to encourage you this morning because you can take another step after today. You can take another step after today. So what you can do after today is you can come back. We'd love to see you next week on Easter Sunday. You know, you can can sign up, get a ticket. They're free or just turn up next Sunday here at the 9.30. Or, or, Or you could try Alpha. That's a great opportunity. Again, sign up at Alpha. You could do that. You could take another step after today. But you also could take another step today. You could take a step right here, right now. You could say yes to Him. Now you could say a big yes, like I'm in and I believe you and I'm all in. But you could also say a little yes. Like I don't quite know everything. I don't quite know whether I'm ready to commit, but I want to make a step on the journey. You could do that as well. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning. So I want to invite you just to close your eyes with me for a moment, everybody, okay? And before we sing, And then before we baptise Michael, I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe many of you or all of you are Christians. I don't know that. But if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Him, if you don't know His unconditional love and His relentless grace and His solid hope, you can. You can. You can say yes to Him today. So if that's you this morning and you just want to say yes, all I want to ask you to do, whether it's a big yes or a little yes, is just to put your hand up and then I want to pray for you today. Is there anyone here this morning on Palm Sunday, on Baptism Day, that wants to say yes to Jesus? Then you just pop your hand up. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Father, we thank you so much for your presence God, we thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you, Jesus, for just the joy I've been able to celebrate this morning. Other people having that experience and that beginning that story of their relationship with you. And so, Lord, we want to just declare that you are great. You are absolutely great. And now, Lord, as we come and to experience and to watch a baptism, Lord, as we travel through this day and then through this week, God, we really pray. I pray for every single one of us that That our belief in you would be strengthened this week. That, That the reason why we have this story would be, you just remind us again, like Andy has said, we were all once lost, but now we are found. We were all once blind, but now we see. We haven't got it all together, but we know you. And that's all that we need. So Jesus, we just pray that you would cause this to be an incredible day and a week of celebration and strengthen our belief in you, I pray. Maybe some of us, we have that belief in you, but maybe it's under pressure right now. Maybe we don't know how to work through certain things, or maybe we're being put under pressure by other people. God, may our story, may our belief in you be strengthened today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand, guys? We're going to sing while we get the baptistry ready. and then we are going to immerse we are going to submerge Michael we're not going to murder him okay we're going to submerge submerge and immerse him in that water and you know for me when I I watch this I always just want to just thank God for what he's done in your life don't you and it's almost like taking you back to that moment when you got baptised and listen if you have belief and you have already but you haven't got baptised for whatever reason I want to challenge you, sign up today. Sign up today. Don't wait, do it today. July the 14th, the sign-up sheet's out there. We put it out there because we're in faith, okay? If you've never been back, and you might say, oh, it's years ago I I followed Jesus, but I just haven't done it for whatever reason. Don't wait any longer than you've already waited. Do it now. Do it now. Sign up today. And as we celebrate, the guys are going to come and uh, get the baptism ready, and then we'll baptise, Michael. Bless you.